Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guests today are a husband and wife team that put their knowledge of fashion, photography, business, fun, and creativity on the walls for everyone to be able to see and play with. Please welcome Joshua and Jeanette Johnson of Wallcrawl. What's going on, guys? Hey, thanks for having us. So before I start, my number one question always is, what's your go-to sandwich? Oh, mine would be a club. We're talking like which place or it could be, you could be as specific or as general as you like. Oh, I'd either be a B2 Bon Me, <laughs> Paris Bon Me, or like a California club, like anywhere. <laughs> I immediately think Pub Subs or Jimmy John's. Hmm. Okay. Those are all good ones. All good ones to go with. I mean, so, all sandwiches are good. And so, <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm all about it. Sandwich to me, sandwich is life. So it's all it's all makes it all makes sense to me. So before we start, I just kind of want to because obviously I gave an intro about all the different things, but just to kind of give a little context so that way you guys don't have to talk about yourselves. Um, for, you know, for those of you who don't know, Jeanette is like a well-known fashion blogger. She's the founder of Jay's Everyday Fashion. Uh, Joshua is an entrepreneur. He's, um, he's taught entrepreneurial marketing, uh, as well as being as a photographer, has done worked on a quite a bit of different amazing projects um, locally and that are basically for do good, um, as well as also created quite a bit of, of viral, local viral IG accounts. Um, one of my favorites being Orlando King Cobra. Uh, as well as Lake Eola. So that's just to kind of just to get a little bit of an idea of it. So I, I kind of want to talk about how you guys started wall crawl. Like how did that conversation come about? How did you guys come to create it, create the indoor concept in 2019? So I think, you know, with any husband and wife team, we both have our own versions of the story. So I'll go ahead and tell mine. <laughs> um, but at the time, you know, it was, it, we were, we got married in 2015 and we were working full-time on Jay's Everyday Fashion together. So I had been blogging since 2010 on my own, but when we got married, Joshua basically joined the company full-time and we were um, traveling and taking photos together, having the time of our lives. And after a few years of that, um, I was the one who said, I would really like to explore changing our lifestyle and doing something different. And putting down some roots in Orlando, changing just how we are operating. And so we actually sat down and had several meetings where we had just brainstormed tons and tons of different ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking like, we could do this with our life. We could do this. And we just had all these things. And one of the ideas that Joshua had was to open a photo studio. And the original idea was a white sick wall for professionals and also a co-working space for, for, for professionals in Seminole County. And I went to look at a space with him that he was really interested in. And when I was there, I said, can I have some space to create some fun walls for my blog? Like I'm dying to put a bunch of lawn flamingos on the wall and I'm not sure why, but I just really have this urge because the thought was he'll start kind of this new venture and I'll keep blogging and, you know, on the side and we'll figure out a way to make both work. So He's like, absolutely, you can have this whole back area. And then I went home and could not stop thinking about wall ideas. I was like dreaming them and scribbling down. I have all these drawings from that time and I just could not stop thinking about it. And we just started talking. Well, if you're gonna create these walls, well, we should offer them to other photographers to use as well. And if we're gonna do that, you know, there's a high school across the street. 
maybe the kids would want to come and take some photos on the weekends or I don't know. We just really started to dream about what does this look like? And then we started to sort of analyze the photography studio industry and realize that, you know, we grew up in like the Olin Mills era, era where you went to a photo studio with your family all the time. We have like every year photo with our families and why don't we do that anymore? And why hasn't that industry been touched? I mean, the camera is completely different. It literally fits in your pocket and we're talking JCPenney is still our only option and, it, and they're dying those photo studios are being closed all the time. That's outrageous. And then we're thinking as professionals, which we would have considered ourselves as influencers, mm -hmm. our only option for a photo studio is a giant white space for a professional. That's really it. And that doesn't really do much for us. We'd have to bring in all of the materials to stage a photo shoot. There's nowhere for us where we can just go that's already set up. Were other than just public spaces, which is where we were normally shooting. So between that and then a little dash of inspiration from like Instagram pop-ups that are, you know, wildly colorful and fun. We had gone to Winwood Walls and loved that. We just sort of decided let's create this new concept that kind of combines all of them, the best parts of all of them. That's a full service photo studio for families, but it's so much more fun, so much more innovative. They can take their own photos as well or bring their own photographers, but we also have them on staff. And of course, Joshua did a ton of research because he's the, I, I like to joke, he's the CEO, operations, IT, basically everything. And I just make the place pretty. That's how our work is divided. <laughs> um, so he did a bunch of street research where he went downtown and asked people questions. He had this huge spreadsheet. He would ask them, we're going to open this space. It would cost this much. It would look like this. What do you think? And record their answers. And it just did, you know, had all this data. And I was over here, just tell me when I can start painting. <laughs> tell me when I can start creating walls. I'll just show up when you tell me to, um, is basically, and that's how we operate too, is I'm much more, um, creative head in the clouds and he's got his feet firmly planted in business and operations and also very creative too though he's got both I'm jealous I'm basically just creative and he he can do both <laughs> anything else you want to add to that Joshua yeah do you want to make any edits it's okay if you have your own version <laughs> no I, I would say that's that's fairly I would say that's fairly accurate okay yeah cool yeah I mean at, at the end of the day it was a matter of you know, one breadcrumb leads to another one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tend to, to like to, to step back when an idea is, is kind of coming together and then think about the bigger picture and where the actual opportunity lies. Um, and then of course, when you're doing anything that others aren't doing yet, um, you know, there's always a little bit of like hesitancy and, and trepidation about that, because, you know, if you want to open a burger spot, like you can look around at a hundred burger spots and say, okay, this is what they did. And then you can go to the bank and you can go to the bank and say, Hey, this is what all, this is what all of those you know businesses did. Well, that's what we're going to do too. So can we get a hundred thousand dollar loan or, you know, whatever. And when you're doing something that is a sprinkle of this and a taste of this and a dash of that, you know, you don't have somebody to look to and say, well, how did they do this? And you also can't go to the bank and say, Hey, we're going to do this, <laughs> you know, cause they don't, they don't like to, to, to deal with businesses that, that haven't been around before. Um, and so you know, as we're looking to create the studio, I basically developed, I think, six fully fledged out business models that we could utilize in that space, depending on how things went. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but ultimately, we went with, you know, choice one. And while we've modified it some since we opened, obviously, you know, things got turned up upside down last year. Um, but we're still basically on, on the first 
the first option, you know, what we wanted to be doing. That's awesome. Yeah. That was actually one of my questions. I was fascinated by the fact that, that you did so much market research, asking everyone like what they would pay and what was their concept and all of that. And I was always, always kind of curious because uh, you know, as I, as kind of, as you brought up, like it, it is really tough to be able to market something new. Um, and it, and I can only imagine how difficult it is like that fine line between research and then actually just saying, we're just going to, we're just going to go and do it. Yeah. Um, sure. Right. And that's always kind of the tough part when it comes to all those things. Um, so I could totally get that. Um, I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious because I know that when one of the things that I've read, at least from what I've seen, and, and obviously is like, we all have that like inner voice that tries to talk to you, talk you out of things, um, you know, and that's always kind of the tough one. And especially when it sounds like you guys are very yin and yang, which is great. Um, and I know that like, I know Jeanette, you had mentioned, and I have read and like read when you, when you spoke actually at Florida BlogCon, as well as also um, when I first met you, as well as also in your bio, that when you started Jay's Everyday Fashion, you were kind of like, why, why would anyone want to see or hear about me? You know, it's like, this is just everyday fashion. Like, why would anybody, um, I kind of want you to guys talk a little bit about that, about how, what do you guys do to help silence that within you or like, or to kind of help you move forward past it? So for me, I like the data. Um, and so, you know, as you said, I did a lot of market research. You know, when I was teaching UCF, I'd always talk to my students about doing market research. And, you know, like you have to go out and talk to the people who are going to be your customers. You have to figure out who your customer is going to be, who you think they're going to be, and then go talk to them and figure out if that's true. And th at the end of the day, you can't even believe them until they give you a dollar to buy whatever it is you're trying to sell. Um, and so while I asked a ton of people, you know, you've got people that have all sorts of different biases. You have some, you know, especially friends of family, they want to be supportive. So, oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And of course, they're not even a part of your target market. Like they have no, they have no interest in what you're doing, but they want to be supportive, which is great, but also damaging. Um, and so, you know, I went out and, and really tried to work on figuring out like who that customer was going to be and, and talking to them directly. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I did was I went, I, I went downtown during Immerse a couple of years ago. And so, you know, all of those people that were, were there for Immerse were there to have some sort of a, you know, uh, an experience uh, in person. Um, and, and a lot of it had, you know, photography aspects to it. They had different installations in the streets. And so I literally stood by those installations. And, and there was one that was, I think, put together by OUC. And it was a bunch of like lampposts. And I literally stood right next to that for hours and hours when I talked to people. And while I talked to just about everybody that I could that came there to take photos, I specifically focused on the people who had the wristband, because if they had the wristband, that meant that they, they paid the extra twenty-five or thirty dollars to go into the corkscrew experience. Those are the people who are most likely to be our customer, right? Um, and while I couldn't, get, I couldn't validate them to the point that they were giving me money. I could validate them to the point that they were paying somebody else for something, some sort of a photography experience that, that they could do on their own and be downtown. So that helped to, to answer kind of a big part of that. Um, and then aside from that, the fact that. Photos, people take more photos than ever, you know, um, there's more interest in photography than ever. And so if we could create a place that allowed people to enjoy photography from whatever angle that means, whether that means that they enjoy taking the photos, that it means they enjoy being in the photos, that means they enjoy, you know, taking photos of clients, of friends, of family, or whatever that is, that if we could provide a place where people could just enjoy photography, uh, that, that we would have success with that. You know, because at the end of the day, we are very photo and, and video driven as a society, regardless of whether somebody, you know, is an influencer or, or is trying to be 
or, you know, is just out with friends or family. I mean, you know, I know back in my day, like you'd go to like Walmart, you know, with a, a disposable camera and just take like random photos of your friends and things like that, you know, and, and now people do that more than ever. I mean, now there's whole Instagram challenges for going to Michael's and doing photos, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I think when you do all of that um, and then you just also have to have some faith in your own ability to figure things out. One of the things that as we were building the, the studio and actually doing everything and, and, and putting the walls together, uh, Jeanette and I were always having conversations about the different things that could come up and the different issues we could face. And I don't know where it came from, but, but Jeanette would always say, well, it's, it's figure outable, you know, like there isn't anything that isn't figure outable. And so whatever that thing is, we'll figure it out when that time comes. And, and just kind of being in that mindset of knowing that, yes, we're going to hit stumbling blocks. We're going to hit big roadblocks. We're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. Um, but everything is figure outable. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, I don't know who said it, I'm sorry, but it's to be wildly inflexible about your mission statement and everything else is negotiable. So okay. we knew what we wanted to bring into the world and it was the joyous feeling that we got when we took photos together um, and the memories that last a lifetime that you have in those Olinville photo studios growing yeah. up. Mm, so if sure. you know what you want ultimately that everything else is details and mm. all of the other stuff can be changed and edited as as needed um but i'll add so that was a great answer from joshua again very analytical i love how you yin yang we are my pie in the sky quick answer is that ultimately it's a feeling for me that we yeah. both just were a hundred percent into this idea which is odd to not have one half of the spouse a yeah. couple more into it than the other i think that ultimately i've since learned that um jeff bezos calls it the risk minimization framework or something along those lines but it came down to if we don't do this our entire lives we're going to say what if we will never stop thinking about the fact that we did not jump off this cliff like we yeah. cannot look at each other 50 years from now and still be talking about it so we have to do it it just felt like I, I can't not try. Um, and that's, that's, I'm not just saying, cause I want to just point out, we, we self-funded the whole thing and it was significant. So we really were jumping off a cliff in so many ways. And mm -hmm. especially because both of us basically went full-time working on it right away too. So it was a, well, let's let go and this better work because we're not really sure <laughs> what our plan B is. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that the imposter syndrome, which is what I call what you touched on, um, yeah. Anthony, in your question, is something I learned from Jay's Everyday Fashion that I apply to wall crawl every day, which is I really think that when you are somebody who is new to an industry, your imposter syndrome will tell you all day long, what do you know about opening a photo studio? You know, I've never painted a mural in my life. And I went in and just designed 20 walls and painted most of them myself and did all this crazy stuff that I still am doing as we change them quarterly. But ultimately, you, that's your strength. You, you're not a part of this industry. You're bringing in fresh eyeballs. And that is something that is so needed in so many industries, especially something like a photo studio, like we talked about, that hasn't been touched in so long. Just embrace that. You know, with, It was the same with fashion for me, where I thought, what do I know about fashion? But that's how most people feel. So yeah. why shouldn't I blog from that perspective, right? Yeah. Like. A lot of people will be able to relate to that. And that can be your strength if you let it instead yeah. of letting it bog you down. 
No, I think that's I think that's that's uh, amazing uh, advice. And I and I do I did want to kind of bring up. So I appreciate you bringing up the walls. Like so, there's 20 walls. Um, what's great about it is the fact that you guys do change it up, and I love that. But I also love the fact that you guys have added so many different elements. Obviously, pre-COVID, you had the Instagram husbands, which I absolutely loved. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I also but the fact now that you've kind of created. Like you just created so many different avenues, which is what I love, like major, major uses for it. So I know you guys have the the professional photographer that you guys can that you guys have. So you don't have to worry about it. Um, but at the same time, the the way it works out is obviously you come in, you pay for you pay for an hour slot. Uh, you walk in if you obviously you can pay you prepay for if you want digital photography or if you're going to do it just yourselves, you and your friends. Great time for just you and your friends to kind of go around and do it. Um, and you basically get to enjoy the, the walls. All, there's props to play with, um, which is kind of amazing to go with. But what I also love is the fact that you guys have created a bunch of other opportunities. Like do you have your dog days um, during the holidays. Now you have your, your Santa, uh, your Santa wall crawl, which is which is phenomenal as well. Um, it's one of those things where I will I'm not going to lie. Like I do look forward whenever I see um, like the sneak peek of your walls of what your walls are going to be, um, because I think it's so amazing. Um, on what you guys have actually created um, with this. I mean, it, it is really, um, I kind of, as I, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, wow, I'm like, they really have hit, kind of hit so many different angles because you have like your, you know, you and your friends want to just hang out, you can. Um, but at the same time, if you want to take your family pictures, I have someone that's professional that can take it for you, um, which is, and it's a heck of a lot more fun than the, than you're right. than the JC Penny uh, backdrop that comes down like a curtain. Um, I I'd much rather, I much rather do photos with you guys than, than doing that. So um, kudos to you guys for that. How do you guys handle the, since it changes, I know some of them are kind of staples that kind of say, do, are the walls, you guys kind of move walls? Like how does that kind of go about, or you're not repainting obviously. We are repainting. You are repainting. Hold so, mic drop. No, I'm joking. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for us, the, the the approach is that. So, like you said, with JC Penney and something like that, you know, they have like the pull down backdrop, right? So for us, everything has to look as good in person as it does in a photo because we want you to have a real experience and a real set, like real so, emotions, because that matters in the photo so much. Yes. So all of the sets are made as if they are permanent, knowing that they are temporary. Amen. So we don't we don't do you know paper backdrops and all that kind of stuff. We've used nope. um, wallpaper once, but otherwise everything is hand painted and it gets yeah. painted over. Sometimes a wall can get covered up and it can be brought back or it can be re reimagined, you know, in a different way. But that's all. But I'm, you would I'm, never be able to guess. I yeah, think is the trick. Yeah. So we right now our strategy is we close down four times a year for like four days and we just hire a ton and ton. Tons and tons of artists and people that mm -hmm. want to help. If hey, if anyone's listening and is interested in helping during an install week, please mm -hmm. get in touch. We're always looking for. We just flood the place with lots and lots of hands and have the best time. It is a lot of work, but I got to tell you, we also have surrounded ourselves with amazing people, and we just have an amazing time changing the walls. So it looks like some kind of weird moving sale or moving day when it's happening because yeah. you've got like the undoing of the walls and repainting and everything like as fast as you can. Um, but it is, like I said, a lot of fun too, to kind of figure it out what we're going to do. So I think one of the things that surprises people the most is that as we're creating the wall concepts, it's a lot less creativity and kind of brainstorming. Oh, this would be fun. 
and a lot more problem solving because I start with what spaces are going away, which walls need to come down. And then I think about what can I do in that exact space? And by now I know these spaces like the back of my hand. So it's very specific, you know, in this space, we can't have any furniture whatsoever. And in this space, there's tons of room to come off the wall. And in this space, it has this problem. And like, it's just, it's a lot of problem solving from that aspect. And then I also incorporate well, what can we do with the items we already have that you wouldn't be able to tell we're reusing them, which is comes from my blogging days because that's exactly how I did fashion right. and how right. I did a budget fashion blog is I reused yep. what I already had all the time. So I just am constantly hacking things, repainting things, reusing things in ways that you would never guess. And also what's our budget. So I work backwards from that. And so it really is this kind of amazing in between what is possible? What do we have? What's the problem? And it's like a puzzle where I have to move different pieces around throughout the year and land on the right walls being holiday by holiday because we do so much holiday stuff. Um, I kind of have it mapped out for the whole year in my head and I am the keeper of that info and I carry it around with me like a crazy person. Um, but it's again, a heck of a lot of fun too. Though I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a huge challenge for me, but um, We've really, I think we've really figured it out though. And I do mm -hmm. think it's doable. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little nuts, but now that we've done it enough times, I think we get a little more streamlined, a little better yeah. every single time. And well, I and mean, we've evolved too. And when we first opened, we, we didn't know we were going, we didn't have a schedule. It was like, well, we'll see how different walls do. And yeah. periodically we might change one up and things like that. But what we learned pretty quickly from, you know, I was, I was at wall crawl every single day, every single hour we were open for the first two years. <laughs> and because I, of the pandemic. And I yeah. talked to every single customer that came. Uh, and, and then Jeanette runs our social. So she gets the feedback from people online, you know, a lot. I see what walls they're posting and yeah. not posting. And we're like, constantly, if you come to wall crawl, we're like, what's your favorite wall? We yeah. want to know what's working, what's not working, yeah. what do we do differently? But one, one of the things that we learned early on was that, um, a lot of guests needed to have some level of certainty as to what would be there when they came to visit yes. two months from now or a month from now. And so, exactly. So originally it was like, well, we'll just kind of swap them out here and there, you know, because we were originally only open to the public three days a week. So any week yes. we could, we could change two or three walls and it wouldn't be a big deal because we were mm -hmm. only doing private rentals. And, you know, that was much easier to kind of coordinate and schedule. Pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, yeah. Everything um, changed. <laughs> so then once we realized that, I'm like, okay, well, we need to provide some sort of schedule, some sort of, you know, way for people to know what's going on. So now we basically tell people, what you see now is, is what's here for the quarter. Beyond that, none of this is guaranteed. So if you like what you see now, this isn't oh, a ploy no. to get you to come in now. It's just oh, that no. it literally may not be here 90 days from now. Right. Yeah. So, okay. like, if you want to wait, cool. Like, that's awesome. Great. You know, if that's what works best. Um, but just know that I'm not going to promise you that that beautiful pink room is going to be here 90 days from now when you want to come in. No, it makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, my wife loves to ask this question, and I definitely want to ask you guys on how you guys have done it, especially since you're both in it. And I know there's a few additions. So obviously you guys do wall call full time. I know, Jeanette, you started Eden and Ivy. Um, an ethical clothing brand that's done, so you know, sold on Home Shopping Network. I know that you also have another massive thing, and that's August, your new baby. Uh, so that adds like a whole nother level of trying to balance life. How the heck do you guys balance it all? Like, how do you guys do it? 
Well, one thing I have to go back real quick and say is huge, huge, huge shout out to all of the artists we work with on our walls. I mentioned the people that assist during the week, but I am constantly, every single wall drop, we have commissioned artists to do either murals or make props for us. And we could not do it without them. They are fabulous. Orlando is a huge, huge, amazing creative community. And I feel like we've just begun to tap into it mm -hmm. and could not do it without them. So I'm really sorry I did not mention that earlier. So on to your question, how do, how do we do it, babe? <laughs> I will say adding the baby in, I feel like I'm relearning everything yeah. um, on how to manage at least my time. Um, he's just about to be three months old. So that's a whole... A whole new world but i i think i would just say very simply is that when you love to work as much as the two of us do because we love what we do and this was the same with the blog the lines are very blurred and it's it's in some ways it's kind of easy i don't know because we just love it so much yeah and then i guess maybe my shout out to the artist is the perfect other half of that which is then you get people to come on board with you to make this thing float because we cannot do it alone our photographers and we have amazing associate photographers so you know so I, I, don't, I don't have to be there anymore. every day yeah yeah no and i and i can imagine i think a lot of people when they see the passion and the love that you have they actually are also willing and wanting to help um kind of create that vision because they see it um so it makes total sense um i actually know a few of the artists that have worked on your murals and they uh and they that and i know it was kind of crazy but they they loved it and i think it's it's absolutely amazing what you guys do so i definitely uh i think it's pretty awesome what what advice would you give someone wanting to start something um well I, that's a very broad question um I know. On, on what it is you're trying to start and what level of commitment that's going to require. So, um, you know, I have, my background is, is in the, the startup world. And so um, I know for a long time, the idea of like sacrificing your life for your company was like the thing, you know, it's like, if, if you're not working 35 hours a day, then you're not living the entrepreneurial life, the startup life and all of that. Um, and one of the things I, I used to really try to hit home for my students every semester was that there are times when you're, if you're launching a new company, if you're doing like what we did, where you're, you're spending a, a big chunk of your life savings and there is no plan B and you're really committed to doing something that you, you have to plan up front. One, know what kind of company you're trying to start and what that life is going to look like for a period of time. And two, you need to understand that in the beginning, it is working 35 hours a day, um, but that that is not sustainable and that you have to have a plan in place. You have to be working towards, you know, being able to, to reduce your involvement to some degree, bringing on other people, training other people, putting systems in place um, so that you have the ability to, with some comfort, to, to be able to step back some, um, you know, and, and I would say, you know, like having August helped put that a little bit more in perspective for me. You know, like those are things I've been working on all along. Um, but then I still wasn't really taking the time off, <laughs> you know, and for a, for a long time, I couldn't, you know, there was, there was a long period of time where it just, that wasn't possible. It wasn't even an option. It wasn't even a thought, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I should be taking time off. It was just, I'm going to work today. I've got things, you know, we've got to get, keep things moving along. Um, but knowing what your motivation is, and then also not allowing yourself to um, become addicted to that phase of the business, because that's like the manic phase where everything is interesting and it's crazy and it's hectic and it like it's you know it pulls you in the good and the bad it really just kind of sucks you in but people can get stuck in that phase 
and you will burn out every aspect of your life if you allow that to become like your standard operating procedure. Okay, so the original question was, what advice would you give if someone wants to start something, right? Yeah. Again, his analytical answer, here comes my woo-woo answer. Um, I just think that if you can't sleep at night and it just keeps coming to you and it's just gnawing at you, it's like, are you going to answer that call? You know, and I think like all the details are just details of what that looks like because everything requires such different commitment. My blog, I had that gnawing feeling and I literally started it the same weekend because it cost me absolutely nothing to start a Facebook page and take some pictures, right? Very, very low barrier of entry. So I was able to start it immediately. With wall crawl, it was we've really got to think about this because the yeah. barrier to entry was extremely high, higher than I think people realized, uh, both with our time and our money. It was going to take all of our resources, absolutely every ounce of us. Um, but I, for me, it's just this, it will keep haunting you and it will keep coming back. And I feel like it's this level of what do you, what's it, what's that whisper that you're hearing? And just trying to figure out how to listen to it without going totally nuts. I love how my friend put it when we were in the, the opening phases of wall crawl, which by the way, took almost a, no, set eight, eight months, months from the time we signed our lease. Yeah. So friends knew we were working on something. And she said, I said, I don't know. We're just crazy. I don't know. This thing is nuts. And she's like, well, I mean, you do kind of have one toe in crazy. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good way to put it. That's a loving like friend it. who's like, you're going to be okay, but you do kind of have one toe and crazy. So yeah, you got to be a little crazy, I think. No, and, but what but I, I, but I think that, that you, you have to be a little crazy if you're going to do something a little different. And I also think that yeah. it's, you know, that's what makes it special. You know, when you do, when you do make, when it does happen, um, yeah. obviously you guys have created with what you've created and you're obviously been able to sustain with, the pandemic and been able to kind of figure out new ways Do you guys have thought processes on like the evolution or next very variation or next possible project that possibly may come um well i mean next for us like you know we're i think we're really happy with where things are with wall crawl i mean the fact that we were able to, we started it just a few months before pandemic and and you know uh not just survived but i mean honestly we, we thrived through it as challenging as it was um, you know, our next step is to help other people do what we're doing. So we're, we're going to work on franchising. Um, you know, we actually had people reaching out to us before we even opened our doors. Um, I remember it was about a week before we opened, I got the first email asking if we were going to franchise, you know, wall crawl. And part of me was like, you know, what kind of an idiot are you reaching out to us? Like, we don't have a, we don't have a dollar in revenue, you know, like, <laughs> like this they is not a proven, this, this is not a proven thing. So I'm like, either they are also a visionary or they're an idiot. I don't know. Um, but we, we had a, a bunch of people reaching out to us and, and that's continued to happen um, over the two years we've been open. Um, and so I think that's the next phase for us yeah. is to um, get another location to open and, and franchise so we can help other people do it. Because I mean, honestly, it, it's so much fun. And it, especially now that we've, we've gotten so much of it worked out, you know, like it, they're looking back now, of course, it's so easy to say, oh, you know, like, how did we ever think we were going to do it this way? Or what, what were we thinking when we did it that way? Um, and so like being able to look back and now have that experience to be able to share with other people and help them to do this in their cities, because ultimately every day we get to experience people like having the time of their life. Like they're just, 
so happy. And I mean, you hear like the, the, the giddiness and the cheers as people walk in and they're kind of like surprised because half the time for some reason, they still don't know what to expect, even though the pictures are all over Instagram and we yeah. have a video on the website, <laughs> they still just don't know until they get in there. And all of a sudden it's just like, whoosh, you know, it hits them. Um, and so or even being at home, cause I work from home Yeah. and seeing the pictures that they post. Yeah. They're so happy. Yeah. And for me, it's a matter of, I used to be the one taking the photos and now I get to share that joy and everyone else gets to feel that thing that I used to feel. Yeah. So, and the the great thing that happens too, is that, you know, every now and then you'll hear somebody kind of like getting down themselves, like, Oh, my thighs look too big or whatever. And there's like this universal thing that happens in our studio where people who are not with this couple or this group of people will chime in. Oh no, no, no. You don't do that here. You look beautiful. <laughs> you look beautiful. Like th- that's not what this is about. And I mean, it, it's amazing because that's our response too. Like, you know, if I'm shooting with somebody and, I, and you know, that's my immediate response, but I've noticed customers, other customers doing that for each other. And I'm like, we need more of this in other places. Like we need this to happen more, you know, where, where people are just automatically turn around and building somebody up rather than tearing them down. I love it. I, it's funny because when you said that idea of franchising, I, like when I first saw the concept you guys came up with, I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm glad it's them because they're going to be able to make it happen in so many different amazing cities. Um, yeah. Because I've seen, I we've seen like, so I've seen ver- wannabe versions is what I'll call it because you guys came before <laughs> um, yeah. is what I'll say. And when I see them, I laugh when I've walked by them because I'm like, I'm like, well, this isn't, this isn't like, I'm like, I I've seen the original version. I know what the original version is. I was like, so it's, it's impressive to see what you guys have done it, which is really impressive. So I'm really super excited for you guys. Um, I had one question that I was kind of curious just because, um, I had brought it up before we started recording and I said, I was going to ask and I didn't get a chance to ask it. And now I, I just kind of want to ask, um, do you guys ever have the moment as a couple where you let's just say like I and I know Jeanette you mentioned about having that whisper in your voice that whisper and sometimes I think you have that whisper but then at the same time you have like that inner fear um and even though maybe Joshua was actually telling her telling you like hey you should do it you should totally do it but and then all of a sudden someone else randomly outside of the circle comes and says something like hey you should do this um and then all of a sudden it triggers your point do you guys ever have that or do you guys ever see that um, sometimes when it comes to, um, you know, where the, on, the answer is so obvious in front of you and everyone in your inner circle is telling you, but then all of a sudden the outside, you have to hear from the outside in order to make it happen. Oh man. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, you know, I like, like she said, I tend to be very analytical. So like, I, I don't always necessarily like cite my sources, you know, when I'm going back through and kind of reviewing what's going on. Um, but I definitely look for the validation in some of the things that we do by, because I talk to our customers every chance I get, um, you know, and for me, that's really, really important uh, because like they want to tell you, you know, and it's amazing to me, like how often businesses don't want to hear what their customers have to say, you know, they act like they do, and then they really don't. And while, of course, you know, you can't take every, every suggestion that they have. Um, but franchising is a good example, right? Like that was not even on our radar, or my thought process at all when we opened. And that literally got put on my radar, because people reaching out to us asking us if we would consider doing it. And there's, we have a spreadsheet because we're keeping in touch with them. It's been like well, well over a hundred people yeah. in like every state in the country, yeah. which is, so we're not just talking about like a couple of people mentioned yeah. it. Like internationally as well. Recurring, yeah. recurring. Yeah, actually some international interest too. So it's yeah. like, 
that's what I mean by, and maybe what you're getting at is like, not only do you have the inner whisper, but then now you've got these people who are saying, I want to put my life savings in an opponent, you know, I want to do this and I want to do it with you. And how do we do this together? And you're like, because they get it. And I I love what you said earlier about the lookalike places. And I don't know if you, Anthony, do you watch Shark Tank? Yeah. Um, Mr. Wonderful always says, well, everyone can just knock this off. And he would say this about our brand, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And my response to that would be, you can knock off every little aspect of the business, but you cannot recreate our culture because you're doing it for the wrong reason. Correct. If you're there to knock someone off and and it's a cash grab is how I like to put it, Mm -hmm. it's just never going to be the same when your whole business is based on making people feel amazing and joyful. And that's how you get good photos. If it's just a cash grab, you can try knocking it off, but you, you don't have that soul of the business. Mm. You just can't recreate it. I love it. Thank you guys so much um, for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm super excited for you guys. I've been huge fans of both of you for a long time. And um so I kind of really appreciate you guys taking the time to come talk with me today about this. And, uh, and I really hope that a bunch of people get something, uh, something out of it. Uh, if anything, I obviously that's our show for today. I want to thank, um, Jeanette and Joshua Johnson, um, of wall crawl to come on having lunch with me today. Definitely check out, um, go on their go on their Instagram wall crawl. If you're in Orlando, definitely make, uh, make an appointment to come and take some photos. Um, if you're not a great photo person, don't worry. They got photographers and they also have tripods from what I saw. Um, which is great because then that way you don't have to fight about doing that family uh, photo with a selfie because that's all I ever know how to do. Um, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe, tell your friends. Um, if you want to support me, check out Deli Fresh Threads and do some shopping. Um, and thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thank you, everyone. Bye.